one-on-one show for another serious film. The Zone of Interest. Nice, heavy film after uh, the child trafficking movie. Now it's time for the uh, for the Holocaust film. Uh, the they're put our schedule together, catching up on some of the Oscar movies, a couple of new movies that came out, had some options, and you just were the one who said to me, "You said, oh, I'm I'm going to go see Zone of Interest." So, what uh, piqued your interest about the Zone of Interest? <laughs> piqued my interest, the Zone of Interest. Um, yes, I would say like seventy five percent of the movies out right now were Oscar reruns. And mm-hmm. of the new movies out, this seems most interesting. I always find Holocaust movies pretty interesting, and the the genres said thriller or psychological, and I was like, all right, mix those two things together. That that sounds like a pretty good recipe. Interesting, we said psychological. Th- I, I wonder if you were expecting, because um, this is not like a like a thriller. It's no. not like a thriller, like you would no. think of. It's, I, it's... I honestly, I wouldn't even use thriller at all. No. Thrill, thrilling is not the the word I used to describe this. Alright, so sort of just I, I had heard a good amount about this from a f- movie communities. I didn't know if anyone else was going to have an interest in doing it. That's the only reason I didn't have it on the schedule. But uh, I did want to go and see it. I saw it pretty packed theater just recently. It's playing limited in theaters right now, not in streaming anywhere. But um, Zone of Interest, this is what it's about. The commandant of Auschwitz, Rudolf Haas and his wife Hedwig, strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. That's all it says. Uh, it's Auschwitz. They're building a little house and garden next to Auschwitz. It's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 80% with the audience, 91 Metacritic, 79 IMDb. This is some pretty high scores across the bo- bleh, across the board. Uh, it's already won some of the big awards. Uh, it's been nominated as of the speaking for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, International Film, Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Sound. It's directed by uh, Jonathan Glazer, who we haven't done any of his other movies. He's he's made four movies in twenty five years. Long career, but not really long career. He's only made four movies. It sounds uh, more like just... more of a hobby than a job. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes a lot a, a long time to make each one his first movie i think was in like 98 or 2000 with that sexy beast good movie i like that one and then he made birth in 2004 very weird movie it's, it's interesting and then i think his most famous one to like just general people is under the skin the scarlett johansson movie where she's an alien and there's uh it's like two and a half hours long it came out in 2013 i think that's his most i think popular before this, which is, you know, now up for Oscars, and he's 10 years later. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of backstory with why he chose to make this movie, and all of the authenticity in it, and lots of other interesting details we'll go into while we're talking about spoilers, because if you haven't seen Zen of Interest, as I said, Select Theaters is where it's playing, and we're going to spoil it here now. Not that it's movie spoil, per se, since it's, I mean, you kind of... Whatever. You, you, you kind of know what's going to happen in the Holocaust film, but uh, spoilers <laughs> now. 1943, Rudolf Haas in charge of Auschwitz concentration camp, and we follow him and his wife and their five kids, I believe. Uh, they live in a home right next to Auschwitz, and when I say right next to Auschwitz, the Literally wall... Literally adjacent to. <laughs> ad- couldn't, couldn't get closer, unless you were in it. Uh, the wall adjacent to their garden, which the, the Hedvig takes much pride in, is literally the is the wall separating the outside world and and Auschwitz concentration camp. So that's a lovely lovely setting for our film, which is just day in the life of Nazis and their families. And it turns out they do 
just regular boring stuff. They, you know, they walk around the garden. Their their housekeepers do a lot of the actual uh, work work. Um, all the while hearing horrible things in the background. Uh, even the meetings where, where you think uh, in, in movies, Nazis, big mustache twirling villains, the evilest evil guys. And you meet these guys and, and while they're the completely cold and horrible for, for what they're doing, in, in practicality of what they're actually doing day to day, it's just having meetings in boardrooms, talking about logistics, getting machines here, people there. I mean, they, they talk about it in a, just a, like, like your, like your 8am boardroom call. So, um, that's, that's the perspective we're taking here. It's the, we're looking at the day in the life of this family of, of Nazis, uh, high ranking Nazis and, uh, what, what goes on with them. So, Jess, this is, was this the thriller you were expecting? What did you think of the zone of interest? Yeah, I mean, I had a feeling. I, I did watch the trailer, so when I watched the trailer, I'm like, all right, I, I know this isn't the thriller I was expecting. Yes. And I would say <laughs> this is probably not my ideal style of movie. But, I mean, I, I did like some parts. I, I did learn some things, and... Definitely made my skin crawl. It made me feel uncomfortable, which is, I guess, what I like in movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's uncomfortable. Lots of uncomfortable scenes. Literally fifty percent of the movies just listening to people die. Yeah, I mean the sound design. I mean it's, this is this is going up against Oppenheimer, which is you know Oppenheimer nominated for eleven, twelve something awards. But in any other year, the sound design in this movie is. I was just talking about how bad the sound design was in Sound of Freedom, the last movie we reviewed with, uh, I reviewed from Nicole. The sound design in this movie is some of the best I've ever heard. It's crazy good. The whole thing is just irony, right? Like, they're hanging out in this garden, having this nice life, while literally right next door, people mm. are being murdered, killed, tortured. I think we all know what that means. And it's just... I kind of wish... It went more in depth with the characters and like maybe at least talked about how they felt or what they think about it. Because you can only make assumptions. That's one thing about this movie is yeah, the audience has to assume a lot of things and reach for a lot of things because a lot of the plot isn't deliberately told to us, which is kind of what I found a little bit frustrating. But I guess that's, again, just the style. It's completely fly on the wall to the point. I think when he was making this movie, and I'll go into some of like the details of the behind the scenes making, but like it's a lot of the they set up like a dozen cameras just throughout the house. You'll notice a lot of the shots of the movie are kind of the same couple of shots. It's literally, as the, kitchen. Yeah, the only thing in the hallway, yeah. the only thing in the house is literally just that hallway. And it's not even like a clear hallway. It's kind of like a dark hallway, so you can't even really see the house. There's a hallway, there's like a kitchenette where there's they're all sitting around that little kitchen table and it's next to a dining room. There's that one shot outside that they always have at like the stoop. Uh, there's a couple of garden shots, there's a couple of bedroom shots. But yeah, there's a, it's very much, it's shot like a, um, like an early 2000s uh, uh, reality show where they just have like the cameras in the corner and like if it, like if this did, if it had the talking heads where they like did little interviews with them, it would be like shot like a big, like Big Brother. Like that's kind of how it's, it's made. It's not, um, the camera work you don't like get per up in people's face and you don't like, you know, no. do... You don't do the cinematic things 
you do in other movies to kind of give it like a flow and a feel. And I think that's probably intentional because it's a hol- it's a Holocaust movie. So like it's the hardest subject matter as far as like you have to be respectful. You don't want to just be like making a bunch of random crap. Like everything has to be very intentional. Otherwise, it's it, it could it could be construed as in, uh, insensitive. So I think a lot of like the pl- intentional plainness of the of the camera is probably just to, like you want to make it kind of clinical you want to make it kind of just like uh clinical is another word for that like just sterile like you're just you're just watching these people have general con- like like head what's her name hedwig yeah you think of Nazis in movies, and they're like, "We must kill everyone. We are, we are the greatest of all." And like, no, they're not like they weren't like that. Like, maybe that's what they believed, and that's what their political party was. But in their day to day life, they were just regular assholes. Like, they were not like any like like the, I think that and I think that's where the real point is. Like, the, well, so, I don't know. I think it reveals at the end the dad kind of had killing on his mind all the time. <laughs> Oh yeah, that final uh, the I, I was thinking about the gas the how to gas the room. <laughs> yeah, that was a, 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 a I thought that was an attempt at dark humor between the the two of them because they clearly are not uh, not afraid of that. But no, I thought I thought it was like the whole point with like he, like Hedwig, are, who I think we follow for the most of the first forty five minutes to an hour, and then it kind of becomes more about the guy and like the last third, I would say. But like coats and like furs and like nice clothes show up to the house all the time and she just fucking just takes it all and she's like oh yeah take take whatever you want from all this all this new stuff showing up every day like just doesn't give a fuck like that you're just like literally taking like the clothes of all these people they're killing Rick right next door like no but like not in yeah, like a, I, I recently started um watching Sopranos because of Nicole's rave review and she definitely reminded me of Carmela because they both (laughs) like the status and like the nice things and they just kind of ignore everything that like the reasons why they have the nice things yeah they just like don't care like they don't think to care but I think it's supposed to be like like uh, you know we in the present day enjoy so many nice things and then you know, there's a lot of people who make the nice things, and their lives are not as good. And uh, I think that's supposed to be part of the the whole point is that uh, e- evil is not an eat like a uh, isn't like an action you're doing that's like I am evil. It's more like it's just like it's not caring about it's not seeing other humans as humans. They're just like a means to your end. And and I think the point is a lot of people. Kind of just they don't they don't think about the other person on the other end because they can kind of remove themselves literally in this case by having a wall right there you got the wall literally don't have to think about it oh I'm just gonna I, I hate this wall it's so ugly I'm gonna decorate it with my flowers not caring at all about what the wall's there for or like what it's doing yeah. <laughs> like like no it's just oh it's kind of ugly it's in my it's in my eyesight like I don't really it's kind of frustrating <laughs> even like and. I don't know how what the point is here. This woman It's kind loves. of like an oxymoron in like actual real is an oxymoron kind of like the two opposite words together like adult child. Oh, that's um of, oh like a jumbo shrimp. It's not something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of just like a nice garden right next to like a, a holocaust. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's the juxtaposition. Um Yeah. And, and I think a lot of a lot of the shots too, like when it's the nice garden, you'll see just in the corner of the frame, just like the little bit of wall and barbed wire, and just in the 
background, the the smoke and the billowing of that uh, furnace is always in the background, even in like the nice shots. Um, I th- I like uh, that they have some nuance with the mother who shows up and's like, oh wow, you've really done nice for yourself. And then one night she like looks out the window and she's like, hmm, wait a minute, something's not right. Good, something's not yeah, right here. It took her way too long to realize <laughs> like where she was. And you gotta think like back then. Like, and then I- she just like smelled. I mean, she didn't like again. You didn't really. The audience didn't know, but I assume no. she just smelled burning bodies so she, cause she like just abruptly started closing all the windows and i think that was like her last straw i think she just kind of it's like that slowly putting the pieces together and and like you said we, we, the audience is not spoon-fed anything you really have to you just have to understand like the language of of cinema to like understand like what's going from scene to scene and how how the people are supposed to be feeling but yeah like i think it's i think she's supposed to be an, a surrogate too for like in the what was it? This is forty three. So I don't know when people knew back then that the Holocaust was happening and that like millions of people were dying and like it wasn't just like regular war. I don't know because that wasn't public information during the war until like very end of the war, and then it was like, oh shit, like this is way oh, worse really? than we thought. Yeah, I, don't in, think in, I even I knew that. Oh yeah, so you're I forget you're not a history person. Yeah, when like people didn't know that Nazis were doing what they were doing to the extent like, they were you doing. Mean people like Germans or like the rest of the world. Nobody. Like the German people didn't understand German people didn't even understand that like what they 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 knew the Jewish people were the enemy and then that a bunch of other types of people were also not desirables, but that they didn't know that they were literally like by the thousands just like like they showed in this movie like oh we have a chamber that we can we can take 500 people out clear it cools it down immediately scoop the ash get the next batch in there like they just talk about it like a machine people did not know that like that was not common public knowledge citizens no but like no one knew that until until yeah so i think that the mom is supposed to be like oh wow like germany is like doing well in this war and we are con- like we're i don't know what no I, I, I think she knew a lot more than that well I, I maybe she did but i think she's supposed to represent maybe the german people who are like oh wow we're doing well in this war and then you actually it's see what kind of like she just government's turned, doing like gave it a side eye just like turned her nose away from it and pretended like she didn't know what was happening, but she knew very well what was happening. She heard what was happening. Although I was talking, about, I've been talking about the mom too, not the not the um the the grandma or whatever the the mom mom, not the uh, not Hedwig. Oh, Hedwig. 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 Hedwig knew the whole. Time. Oh yeah, that's, and, oh, like, sorry, I thought you meant her. Yeah, Hedwig. Knew no, her. I was talking about the the her mom oh, is like yeah, a surrogate okay. for like. Uh, for like the audience people in general of the time who are like oh it's just a war going on between germany and the like it's just a war and then you're like oh wait this one part of this one group is doing way more worse like this is not regular war stuff so yeah they did not know that kind of stuff back then but uh, what did you think of the little girl hiding the apples around the the place okay you probably need to explain this to me because at first i thought it was um, like the the book that the that the the dad kept writing to the kids, Hansel and Gretel. I first thought that was like Hansel and Gretel in black and white. And uh, it was, was like, like oh, an artistic no, cross not. cut or something. Yeah, and then I I think after the movie, I read the summary on Wikipedia, and it was just like, oh, this Polish girl. I forgot what it said. Like, was hiding something. Yeah. So based on uh, a. 
During his extensive re- research, it was inspired by a woman that he met named Alexandria, who at the time, she was a 12-year-old Polish girl as part of the resistance, and what she would do is she would uh, bury apples around camps for starving prisoners, and then they would go doing their chore, like, doing their, their labor, whatever. They would be able to, like, walk by the fields and, like, dig up their apple real quick and have something to eat, you know. So, that's what was going on there. Because yeah. sometimes it was, like, it played while he was saying Hansel and Gretel, so it was, I thought it was, like, acting out what he was reading. I don't, yeah, I don't really like how that ties or obviously just doesn't tie to the movie, because honestly, I forgot about it. It didn't stick with me. I don't really think it was relevant at all to the plot. I could have easily done without it. I don't know if it was, yeah, it wasn't necessary to the central narrative, I guess. Not if you could even call what is happening at the middle of the movie a narrative, because, like, there's not really narrative thrust, you know. We're watching stuff happen. If there's a thing going on, it's the guy, the our, the the captain gets a promotion and he's going to move away, but Hedwig doesn't want to move because she's, because this, because literally, I guess Auschwitz is paradise to her. She's like, this is the best place ever. How, how could you ever want to leave here? I'm like, all right, lady, you're fucking, out, you're out of your mind. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just so obsessed with all the stuff she's getting at her little house that, uh, doesn't even see beyond. But no, I like when we have the little girl, it cuts to what's it do? It does like thermal night vision. I like that they don't use a lot of soundtrack in here. Very, very limited score. But the one they do is that thumping like sound. I think it's oh, pretty yeah, you're right. Pretty pretty effective in those in those small moments. They and they don't ever I don't remember. They show like glimpses of prisoners and they show like a couple of shots here and there. Where we're like someone's POV and like you can hear everything. They do the like red and black, um, like kind of splotchy full screen with sounds going. But they do a, they do it on purpose to never really show you show you show you what's going on. Yeah, I I don't I didn't really care for the the black and white scene. I don't really think it added to the movie at all. I obviously forgot about it. Yeah, well, there were, I think there were a couple of them too, but for more of the, but other than just the that little girl's inclusion uh, in in the movie, uh, the actual uh, the actual place that they filmed, they filmed in uh, in Auschwitz, like in present day Auschwitz. There is a there was a derelict uh, building on the outskirts of like where the camp currently is, like where the like modern day buildings are, and so they recreated the Haas residence in that building in that actual building and so they they the actual building that they're filming in and showing it's in poland it's in auschwitz and it's an exact replica like of the place so really really and they the the garden too they planted everything in april 2021 so that it would be ready for summer 2021 when they started filming so really really took took out of their way to make this authentically look the way and feel the way it is all natural lighting you'll notice too nothing's um there's no like um, studio shadowing. It's all like it's all totally natural lighting inside the house too. And they do the scenes of him just closing up the house for the day, you know, because it's just I, like regular day in the life. I couldn't tell if this was a foreign film that came to the U.S. or if it was just a U.S. film that was filmed foreignly. <laughs> that was filmed <laughs> for- foreignly. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, uh, I. Th- I don't. Uh, Jonathan Glazer's and a British man. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at like the production. I actually don't know this. I don't know if this is a 
uh, Gutek Film, Poland, and A24, which is US and UK based. So US, UK, and Poland all work together to make this movie. So Wow, it's funny you. that we all worked together to make this movie, where in reality is we were all against each other in war. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I mean, in this one, the British and the Americans were trying to save save Poland in, in a way. But um... oh, So one thing that I thought the movie really lacked, and again, I, I know it's against the style of the movie, is I really wanted to know like what the kids thought. Like, that could have had such great character development. It could have, like, just gotten the audience more engaged because, again, like, you really, the audience really has to stretch and just kind of make a lot of inferences about what's going on. But, like, I, the kids interest me the most because it's like kids. It's like how they're grown up and, Mm -hmm. like, their morals are still developing, but yet they're living right next to something that's very immoral. I really wanted to know what their thoughts were or what their parents were telling them or what the kids at school were talking about or everything. And there was nothing of that sort. I agree. I actually would have liked some more kid perspective. We get little tiny glimpses. I think the one young son, he's like playing in his room. He's like and playing then he's, jacks. Yeah. And then he sees out the window something. I don't remember what he sees. He sees like a prisoner or like something like he see he sees something he's not supposed to see. And he's really like, oh, look out there again. Like, like a little kid would. I, I did like that, like authenticity of like, oh, that is like how a little kid acts. They kind of act like, oh, shocked all of a sudden and kind of embarrassed. Like, oh, I don't want to see that again. Like, I'm not supposed to see that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, they, uh, then they also have, I don't remember what they see in the river, but remember in the river, the dad freaks oh, out all yeah. of a sudden. I think it was a human skull. That's what it was. I was like, I, I thought it was something from the camp that showed See, like, what was like, going they don't on. Really, I guessed it was, but they don't really tell you. But like, no, you like, have to really barely, just barely be able to tell those kind of things. But yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if you've seen, I don't think you've seen his other movies, um, but they're all, they're all different from each other, but they're all how I would describe them is like if someone had never seen a movie before and then made a movie. But it was a good movie and not a piece of shit movie. Like, usually when you say that, it's like an insult. We're like, oh, have you never seen a movie? You don't know how movies work? He makes movies that are like, they don't, um, like, they don't have the things in regular movies. There's not a three-act structure. There's not, like, like traditional heroes or or protagonists kind of things. You don't really, you learn, and and like this, I think it's probably something that frustrates you, is like, you you are not at all kind of told what the story is. You just kind of, it's more like going through it's like an art really gallery. even a story. Like, there's no um, beginning, rising action, climax, falling action. It's literally, like you said, just like a camera is, set, it sounds like reality TV. A camera is just set in the house and you just watch them live their lives. I call this like a pretty actually accessible art movie in that it's it's I think it's like how's the best way? because it has no narrative thrust really and it is like I would describe like it's like two hundred short little clips like or like a two hundred short little paintings kind of you could put all in a row and kind of get the same sort of thing you get the juxtaposition of the nice little of the pretty place and the and the scary place in the background the not caring the 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 callousness the mundanity of the evil i think you could get all that in like uh, in like um 
like this is like an it's like a, an art exhibit series kind of movie as opposed to a traditional narrative movie that we are used to watching where like things happen and like there's a point and there's like this is much more like experience this couple of thi- experience this thing and i think but i don't think it's so a lot of those kind of movies i'm thinking of other ones in my head that are just like they're those kind of movies but they're so abstract that you can't latch on anything where this is tangible and you kind of like unless you had no unless you had no idea what the holocaust was you you wouldn't be lost per se in this like that would that'd be tough to imagine Can you imagine if you didn't know what the holocaust was and you were watching this try to understand what was happening yeah that that it wouldn't make any sense at all i mean you would guess i mean that people were dying on the other side but you wouldn't understand why people were just okay with it no, and like everything, and those scenes where the guys come in, they're like, we've produced the new chamber where you put 500 people in and it incinerates and then it cools while one side cools and the other side heats up and it's easy cleanup and you'd be like, what the fuck is this scene doing? They were, for, for half an hour, they were just playing by the river and all of a sudden, like, it would be, it would be a very confusing film. Very, the ending too, very confusing, which, unless you had any, any other points, I wanted to get Wait, your thoughts so, on. So the yeah, ending where it just shows him getting sick. Does that mean, like, he actually has a conscious, and then, like, the idea of doing, like, this really bad deed that he got promoted for, like, he feels bad about it, and it makes him sick? I think that's a possible way to read it, which I don't think is, that's not how I took it. When I saw that, because what is he, he's at the end, he's found out he can go back to... Auschwitz basically and he's at this big meeting he can go back to his wife and he's walking down the staircase and he, yeah he's, he's dry heaving and then we cut to five minute montage of modern day Auschwitz with like cleaning people just cleaning up exhibits and the stanchions and oh just god like, that that was unnecessarily long just like <laughs> oh, you watching people that. clean yeah <laughs> so, they're, all right, so they're cleaning up modern day Auschwitz and then we cut back to him and he's back in the stairwell dry heaving again and then he exits through like a dark stairwell and that's how the movie ends i had some more music overtures at the end but that's that's how it ends i took the the dry heaving bit is like he it's almost like the weight of what he's done is like catching up to him like where he's like because he's been doing this thing it's like a job he's been doing this thing like a job this whole time not thinking about the people, I don't think. Like, I think when he's like, oh, 500 people die, and this thing, this chamber kills 500 people in 30 minutes or whatever, and then you could put another 500 in. Done. Put another 500 in. You can just 24 7, nonstop running. Like, he's not thinking, oh, thousands of people are dying. He's thinking, wow, this is so efficient. I'm really going to help the company's bottom line, and the, and Hitler's going to be so proud. I'm going to get a promotion. Like, we are going to be so efficient. Like, he's thinking of it completely like a machine, like a business, like a, these these are 500 units I have to dispose of, and look how quickly I can dispose of these 500 units. And then I think that driving's, like, almost, and then we get the cuts of, like, the the modern day, like, this is the reality of it. Like, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, finally, you realize, you see, like, you see, you get, like, it's so, it's so heavy that it catches up to you in that moment, and all you can do is be sick. I guess, um, but there wasn't anything hinting, like, that he was starting to feel that way. It was. I don't think it's supposed to make, I don't think it was supposed to make the audience, like, absolve him and be like, oh, he's a, he's seeing the error of his ways. I think it's more like he, he is 
feeling the weight of his decisions kind of thing. I like, I think, so. like, like if you were um, a CEO of any I mean, big company no, and you have I to make the big decisions, it's just you know? like you have to, it's just how you interpret it, I guess. Um, like if you're the CFO of a big company and you just let, you had to fire a thousand people because otherwise the company was going to go bankrupt and everyone would lose their job. So you had to fire a thousand people and, oh, you save the company and then you go home and you're like, shit, I just had to fire a thousand people. Like, I think it's more like that kind of feeling, but more, yeah. evil, you know? I mean, part of me was like, maybe he's actually sick because two scenes before <laughs> he was at the doctor's. And I was like, oh, maybe he went to the doctor's because he wasn't feeling well and he was like ignoring his symptoms and now he's actually sick. Maybe he caught something from that uh, that one that one girl that he uh, he made uh, he made service him earlier. Which yeah, again, was he- that a maid? I I couldn't tell if that was one of his maids or who I that think, was. I don't think it was explicitly one of the maids. I think it was just supposed to be like, oh, like, he's a man of power. He took a servant, slave, whatever, and, like, he can kind of have his way. Did it tastefully, yeah. though, where, like, they show her, you know what happened, and then he's, like, washing his balls later on, so you're like, oh, okay. He, <laughs> he clearly did something, but that's that was a good example of, uh, of less is more. I, that's, um, you know. That's that's the execution I needed, but yeah. uh, no, I was, I would say did too long for you then the last scene or did you did you did did it work for you the the final five minutes of this movie did you want something oh, different did you want like a, a the conclusion screaming and like the black screen and the screaming I would say from the dry heaving mixed with the with the present day Auschwitz mixed with the yeah the screaming and the uh, the last five or ten minutes how would you did you like how this movie concluded. I think it concluded the way that the entire movie ran. Just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it didn't. It, it wasn't. It didn't draw me in. So the you don't feel like way too long. You didn't feel like you were missing out on your top five at the end of the year. You don't. Um, Zone of interest no. probably would not have snuck on. Well, yeah. I guess the broader question, though, is it good enough to recommend at all? Would you recommend the zone of interest, Jess? I don't. No, I don't think so. Because again, it was. The audience wasn't engaged. It was too much guessing. I really wanted to know. I I was so interested in the characters. I was so interested in Hedwig. I wanted to know more about the kids. Mm. I wanted to know what the grandma saw and what she thought. And like what, again, like what you think, what she thought the Holocaust was versus what it was. Like, I really wanted to know the characters, but you are so far from them. Like they're, they're so distant to you. And I feel like that's just what, didn't make me really interested in it. Yeah, but, I think but it, I, it's kind yeah. of sad because it has potential. Like it, I didn't hate watching it. Like I, I, it is uncomfortable to watch, which is kind of the stuff I like to see because it's just a little squirmy, and you're like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't look, but I am kind of thing. And it had a lot of potential. I just wish this movie was done over. <laughs> I know you said earlier you you or you like. You're not a history person, but Holocaust things can be interesting. Did you have a favorite Holocaust? Or, it's crass to say favorite, uh, but you know what I mean. A, a most appreciated. Name? Who's the one that I? It's um. Uh, let me get back to you. Okay, I was thinking. I was trying to think like other because like Holocaust movies not really my. Thi- <laughs> not not really my thing. Uh, I like some war movies, although they are you know. It's kind of a hit or miss. Although I have like a couple of World War One movies recently. Nineteen Seventeen was excellent, and um, what was the one? Um, the the long titled one, the one that's German. 
uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. That's a really good one, too. But uh, the ones specifically about uh, like Boy in the Striped Pajamas was okay. Okay, I think uh, that's who actually who I'm th- who I was thinking about the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. The one with like the two kids and the one's a prisoner and the other is like a like a German kid who's like living on the outside, kind of like this. Yeah, I really like that movie. Look, you know what? Actually, that's pretty much that's not super dissimilar to this as far as like it's showing and Vera like Flaminga Ger- is in it which is why I like it even more I think you just need something a little more conventional for your for your um for these types of movies this is yeah this this type of filmmaking it's just not typical like it's not I don't know any yeah. other filmmakers who do things quite like this I recommend Zone of Interest because I think I, I I not enjoyed watching it but I thought it was really it it's a really well executed. This is kind of how I would want a Holocaust movie executed, where it's like really, um, it's really fly on the wall, day in the life, and showing. I like the big point that I think the point is is that like evil is not some cartoonish mustache twirling thing. Car- evil is just regular day shit. You, like regular, regular ass people do do evil things. Like all the things we think of in our world today that are like the worst things ever. It's just a couple people in a room saying, "All right, get the trucks, and we got to get the trucks to the station at six a.m. And then we got to get the fuel and the thing, and then we got to put the put the cargo on the hull, and then it takes it over." It's just that. Like that's all. Everything is is just meetings and moving things around. And if you don't pay attention to the things you're doing you could end up doing something like this. So, uh, zone of interest, mixed reviews from us, but, uh, c- kept my interest. So, uh, that is the zone of interest. I think we have American fiction next. So still another Oscar movie. And then I think that's most of them. We haven't done anatomy of a fall. I'm trying to think if there's any other big Oscar ones. Did you have any other ones just coming up that you wanted to see before? Before I know we're gonna do some catch up stuff, a couple of new the ones that are Oscar related or one movies that are just out now. Yeah, I mean, there's some good. There's well, not some good stuff out now. I I don't feel like there's much good stuff out in February. But uh, were there any other Oscar ones you wanted to catch up with at all? Oh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. I will say, well, we haven't done American fiction yet, but uh, if that comes across your plate, I, I, I would say to check it out. I think you could, I think you might like American fiction. But uh, Mama Kay and I will be talking about that on our next episode. And if you have things to recommend to us, Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore Podhost, and you can email the show Films with the Women at gmail dot com. Also on the Instagram right now is the yearly tournament where we have the listener movie of the year every day, Monday through Friday. There's a match on my Instagram, and you just go and click on the story, make your pick, and uh, it's uh, as of this recording, everyone's still in as far as the hosts. It's a pretty close race, a lot of good movies still alive. So if you want to go do that, again, vote on my Instagram, Brennan underscore Podhost. All right, that will wrap us up for tonight. Jess, thanks for being on the Zone of Interest. Thank you. Till next time, this is Brennan signing off, saying thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. 
finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies. Thank <laughs> you.